How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning. Let's get right to it. We want to update you on what's going on in Philadelphia and beyond. Great guests coming up today at 1030. We'll talk about education in Pennsylvania and schools and update you on this Really horrific video that has come out showing this girl being attacked by half a dozen kids, her head stomped on, beaten to the ground as they continue to just pummel her, kick her, and her mom is speaking out. But I'm going to begin with investigators uh, talking about this suspect who was shot and killed by Philadelphia police after they say this armed gunman aimed his gun right at an officer fired his gun at the officer. Now, the man's family, as well as a neighborhood block captain who claimed that she witnessed the situation, are disputing the police story. So that's being questioned. But investigators say there is body cam after all. And so we'll wait for that. But this is uh, Fox 29's latest report on what's going on. This happened yesterday afternoon, right around 2.30-ish. Listen in. He lost his life. For what? We need to know. Emotions are high in this North Philadelphia community after a 33-year-old man was shot and killed by police this afternoon. Family members at the scene weren't ready to talk to the media, but shared these photos with us and identify the man as Curtis Smith. People are upset. They're hurt. Imagine losing your loved one in the street. Investigators tell us just before 2.30, police responded to the 2300 block of Fawn Street for the report of a stolen vehicle. When officers walked up to the car, which was later towed from the scene, they say everyone scattered. They were stripping the vehicle. Seats were taken out, airbags were being removed, all, all kinds of parts were being removed from the vehicle. After the group ran off, police say another man emerged. He also started to run. Officers followed, chasing him down the 2200 block of Kamak Street, through a field, and down an alleyway where police say the situation escalated. The male that was being chased produced a handgun and aimed it at our officer. Our officer fired at least one time. Philadelphia Police Sergeant Eric Grip says the man didn't drop his weapon. The officer tried to grab it from him. During their tussle, police say the man fired at least one shot. That's when a second Philadelphia police officer pulled out his weapon and fired multiple rounds at the suspect, who later died at the hospital. The male was struck several times throughout his body. Both of our officers, uh, 22nd District officers, were wearing body cameras and the body cameras were activated. We have our officer-involved shooting investigations unit out here. They're going to conduct a full investigation. 
You know, it's funny to me that initially it was reported that, oh, police won't want these body cameras. Uh, you know, they, oh, they'll never want that and so on and so forth. And even some people during the defund the police movement had said, oh, this is, these are going to be gotcha moments. We're going to get all these bad police officers and catch them doing bad things. The truth of the matter is, thank God for these body cameras. I mean, you can hear that um, law enforcement, local investigators are pretty confident on, and this happens over and over, does it not, that these body cameras, thank goodness for them. Why? Well, because when things like this happen and you have trauma in the community, and it is horrible, right? It's horrible that there were multiple 911 calls, right, to this scene where not only was it a car theft situation, but they were just ransacking the vehicle, taking out the seats, taking it out part by part to then sell things a la carte. And so you had all these concerned citizens calling police. And now you've got what they say is an armed guy. Imagine if you're in that community and you're thinking, wow, these are are some dangerous characters. If they're going to fight police, shoot at police and fear in the community. But it'll all come out, and we'll report it as such. But I I just will say to you, listen to the way it's being reported. Yesterday, actually, I was monitoring the local media reports. There were actually some members of the media who were not even reporting what I'm telling you, that, in fact, the police are saying that this guy was an armed guy who shot at police. They were just reporting what the uh, what the community was saying. Oh no, this guy never had a gun, never fired at police, and so the 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 headline was, "Oh, a man was shot and killed by police officers, and how many times he was shot, so on and so forth." And so we need to just report it honestly. This is what happened. The these officers face danger on the job each and every day. Why do they face danger? Because we have a culture of crime happening in Philadelphia. It's unbelievable. And for these residents, how disturbing is it that you're calling 911, you know, crouching down in your home, fearful of what's going on? That's what, that's why they were prompted to come to the scene. Why were officers even there in the first place? Because they were called there by terrified residents as they're seeing these dangerous, you know, individuals doing this. So we'll continue to follow it for you. Uh, we do have the story of three fired police officers, and this is in Delaware County. It's a story that I've been talking about for quite a long time, involving a little girl, eight-year-old Fantability. Oh, my goodness. This is such a, just a tragic story, if you recall. This little girl is at a, a Friday night football game, remember this, with her family. And it was a beautiful Friday evening, beginning, late summer, really beginning of the, the football season and the, the school year and the, the fall, and and she's out there, and there were some suspects nearby, and there were, there were reports of um, some kind of a melee going on and even shots fired. Those officers fired, they believed, you know, at these suspects. It turns out that one of their bullet fragments uh, had struck and killed this little girl. That's what the story is. These officers were fired. They pleaded guilty to misdemeanor charges in the death of this little girl. And police there in Delaware County, it's uh, Sharon Hill, they have said that 
really it's about those suspects who are also charged with what what they were doing and so on and so forth but they are um they are set to be sentenced so we're awaiting that those former Sharon Hill officers uh Brian Devaney, Devin Smith, Sean Dolan uh they pleaded guilty to 10 counts each of reckless endangerment and investigators say they could not determine which officer actually fired that shot that ultimately killed this little girl. It was August 27th of 2021. And the grieving family, of course, has spoken out about this. I had, remember, I had interviewed Bruce Castor, who's the, used to be, you know the name, used to be the, the DA, the lead prosecutor in Montgomery County in the suburbs, but is the defense attorney, not defense attorney, the attorney representing this, the grieving parents and the grieving family. So as far as these officers in, in Sharon Hill, the charge carries a max term of up to two years in prison in Pennsylvania. So prosecutors have contended that the officers were negligent when they fired shots at a vehicle they mistakenly thought was involved in that gunfire that had broken out. So there were thugs there and there was gunfire. And by all accounts, it sounds like the officers, they pleaded guilty to this. They panicked or what have you. They thought they were being fired upon. And in fact, ultimately, a bullet fragment is what killed this little little innocent child and, and certainly the, uh, injured another family member. So Officer um, Devaney, we're told, one of the fired officers, was, was not wearing a body camera. The other two officers did not have their cameras on according to investigators. Little girl, Fanta Billity, she had attended the game at Academy Park High School with her mom and an older sister who was also hurt, but thank God survived that that devastating situation. And all four people were struck by police bullets that um, were that sped past that vehicle. That was the report that came out. So the handling of this case, and you may recall it, it caused so much outrage, protests from the community, as well as others, as District Attorney Jack Stolzheimer initially charged two teenagers who had engaged in gunfire, but it was about a block away, and that prompted the police response with the child child's death. So the, the charges were ultimately dropped against those two teens. They faced some other charges, but there was a grand jury investigation. The officers were instead charged with voluntary and involuntary manslaughter, along with endangerment counts. And then they entered those plea deals. Now, the family, and this is my final thing I'll say, uh, the family belonged to a community of immigrants from West Africa, and they said it was important that the officers take responsibility for their daughter's death and the trauma they've experienced. They have a federal lawsuit that is pending against the defendants, as well as the Sharon Hill Police Department. You may remember I had on Bruce Castor a couple times. He had explained all of this as he has represented uh, the family, the grieving family here. It's an unthinkable situation, and and certainly the officers as well as the family of, of this little girl. It's horrible any way you look at it. But I wanted to update you so we don't we don't know the fate or the sentencing of these officers yet. We'll watch for that breaking news for you. And then since we're talking about law enforcement, 
Um, I want, I do want to update you, and I think Nate, uh, Anthony has some audio. And I have to keep on time because we do have a great guest coming up right around the corner on a day where we have some new information about test scores and what's going on. Um, it's not great news with test scores and violence in our schools, so we'll update you on all of that. But Deford, Deptford, um, police officer who was shot on duty and is still in critical condition, tough shape with a lot of community support. I've been updating you on this. This is, you know, nearly two months after this Deptford Township policeman was shot in the line of duty. He's still in critical condition in the ICU there at Cooper University Hospital. He's a 27-year-old officer, Bobby Robert uh, Scheisler. Is it Schisler or Scheisler, Anthony? I apologize if no, I... No, it's okay. It's Schisler. It is Schisler. Yeah. Okay. I, I would never want to mispronounce you know anybody's name, but especially an officer who is certainly in, in our prayers. So Anthony has a, an update, right, with uh, what's going on as the community just looks for ways to... to Make sure that while they're trying to do some fundraising, listen in. Deptford residents lined up as much as an hour in advance of Thursday night's yard sign drive at the township's police department to show their support to 27-year-old officer Bobby Schisler and his family. It's amazing. It's a great turnout. Uh, this is actually our third time trying to get signs. Um, they keep being sold out every time we go to get them, so we got here an hour early and we finally got our signs. The yard signs which read Schistler Strong cost $15 with proceeds going to Schistler and his family as he continues to recover after being shot while on duty nearly two months ago on March 10th. Thursday sign drive was fully funded by Deptford Township's FOP Lodge 72 and the local Home Depot donated blue light bulbs which are in very limited supply and cost five dollars. This is actually my third time trying to get a sign and every time they've ran out so I'm actually happy I got one today. What does it mean to you? It means a lot because I mean honestly like it's you want people to say it, but at the same time, it's like you just want to show your support, and especially because the proceeds are going to him and his family. That's really what, what matters. Thursday's drive and several other events locally in the coming days have been spearheaded by a Deptford Township Police Department family group. Their Facebook page, Support DTPD, has been a central hub of information, and the residents here in town have responded and shown their full support. It's absolutely fabulous. I've only been living here seven months and absolutely love it. People here are fantastic, really rallying around their own, and it's great to see the community come together like this. I moved here in Deptford three years ago, and the community has absolutely been amazing to us, and I just want to show my support to the Deford police and to Bobby and his family. Oh my gosh, just look at it, it's amazing. It's amazing, you feel the love. And this final message truly sums it up best. I hope he gets to see this and I hope he can make it through. See Alpha Lewis, CBS News, Philadelphia. Yeah, and because he received, he needed so many blood transfusions. They've had multiple blood drives so that people could donate their blood for this uh, you know, young man who it's, it's it's unbelievable what has happened and that he's still in critical condition, a long road to recovery for Officer Schisler as he remains at Cooper in critical condition there in the ICU now. So I'm seeing a, I'm seeing reports that there's they do they are they out of the signs, Anthony, because 
I'm seeing they're they're trying to get more of these signs. There's also a website with Schistler strong T-shirts to to show support. But the lawn signs. Is there another one tonight from six to eight p.m.? I know they said they were giving them out until they ran out, and that only each household could get two. <laughs> so I guess they're in high demand. But I'm not positive. I'll double check on that, and we can let you know next. Yes, yeah, so we'll, look on their Facebook and everything. Yes, it's, it's and that's just it. Everybody wants to support him and and to donate so you know we'll keep checking back but it it seems like as soon as they announce this the things uh sell out and so we'll we'll continue to update him and you know look you can always just donate that's the truth whether you get a loan sign or not that's what they should just they should just i guess they're just taking the cash and they put it in into these funds for the officer for his family to help with all the different costs and so on and so forth uh, around the corner, we're going to update you on a couple things. This mom who's speaking out as her daughter, who's in middle school in Philadelphia, brutally beaten, and the video has gone viral. Because these kids, it's thank goodness for the fact that some kid pulled out their cell phone and video, you know, took the video. And so they have the evidence of what happened in school. And mom's talking about that. We'll talk about that case. And just so much so much going on today. I'll update you on a lot of national stories that are happening, and uh, we'll have a little media segment, what's being omitted, the bias by omission. We'll talk about that moving forward. 1030, we have a great guest. Nate is going to be here, and that's when we'll update you on Pennsylvania schools. We've got some new legislation to talk about in Pennsylvania, proposed legislation, and then Larry Menti coming up at 11 a.m., It's all right here on the Dawn Show. I thank you and I appreciate you for being here today for sure. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Headline in the New York Times, how the Justice Department is intensifying efforts to determine if former President Donald J. Trump id any documents in Mar-a-Lago. So uh, prosecutors investigating the former president's handling of, and I'm quoting from the New York Times, Prosecutors investigating the former president's handling of classified material have issued a wave of new subpoenas and obtained the confidential cooperation of a witness who worked at Mar-a-Lago. So that is prominent, uh, a prominent headline in the New York Times. I'll simply point out to you, bias by omission, that I don't see such headlines uh, where, where there's anything about these subpoenas issued this week that I've reported a lot on this, so I won't spend too much time on it, but we're seeing subpoenas issued with regard to a whistleblower. So you have two whistleblowers, right? Two cooperating uh, individuals, one who claims, claims that a former vice president, who just so happens to be the president of the United States right now, did something that was very wrong and that was one of those pay-to-play type schemes that one not making headlines, even though there are serious, bold claims. And I've said they need to produce the evidence and we haven't seen it yet, but we don't see those headlines in places like, you know, the New York Times or MSNBC. So I think if you're going to have the headline about somebody who's a witness cooperating and you're talking about Trump and Mar-a-Lago, I think at least give equal time to what's being looked at with regard to other elected officials, such as current president, Joe Biden, and what he allegedly may have been doing when he was vice president. I'm just saying. 
All right, Anthony has found this um, audio report of the latest on test scores. We've talked about post-COVID, post-pandemic, how schools, yes, are reopening, but it has been a tough road for recovery for students who have lost so much in the classroom, even with Zoom learning once the kids did go back. So listen in. This is the latest report. I like it. I like it. I love it. It's fun learning about the past. The National Constitution Center on Independence Mall is once again buzzing with students learning about their country's past. Yet despite the enthusiasm radiating from these students, troubling data from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, or NAEP, indicates history and civic scores for 8th graders nationwide have tumbled. Yes, it's not great. It is a massive drop, nine-point drop, and then civics is a three-point drop. Now, this is a big deal. The NAEP tests students' civic proficiency every four years. The nation's report card. This is an important marker in understanding where kids are at this point in time in our country. Dr. Curry Sautner is the chief learning officer at the National Constitution Learning Center. She's also the mother of a student and a teacher herself. While she says the results are concerning, indeed, they're not unexpected. I mean, think about the learning loss that we've had in the last three years. Kids just weren't in school as much as they should have been in school. She says she is more focused on how we correct the issue than issuing blame and points out a critical issue behind the scores. They're saying, I'm not comfortable talking about history. I'm not comfortable talking and feeling like I have something to do with civics. Shamika Gary is chaperoning a group of students today, a mother herself. She says classroom behavior is not helping this issue. I think if the teachers get more support, then in turn the kids will get support. But if you get down to it and ask the youth themselves, it's clear they are eager to learn and even appreciate the past. And you can kind of be connected to your roots, learning about about America and its history. Just knowing about the past like and learning. seeing how hard it was back then, it's a lot different from now. Definitely. I would not be able to survive without TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids are honest, that's for sure. A cute, a, a cute kids and a sweet report and some positive news within that very serious and concerning national report that's showing um, how much our kids suffered during all the shutdowns. So just ahead, we'll have a great guest and we'll look into the state of Pennsylvania education, all of that. That's right around the corner. But I, I do want to talk about you know, my friends from Piazza, because this is such a great time to find that certified luxury vehicle you've been wanting and you know you want it, so just get it. Thanks to my friends from the Piazza Premium Automobiles. They're always here for you to assist you in, you know, your unique vehicle search throughout the region, the tri-state area. That's right, the Piazza Premium family featuring dealerships across Pennsylvania, Delaware, as well as New Jersey, By the way, their newest location is Jaguar Land Rover in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, obviously. Find your Alfa Romeo, Maserati, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Jaguar, or Land Rover at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Dawn sent you. So you heard that report about the nation's test scores and as well just thinking about post-pandemic, thinking about schools and the state of education um, as we move forward. And coming up, I'll as well tell you about a local um, middle school student who was brutally beaten, suffered a concussion in a Philadelphia school and the state of violence in our schools. But we want to get to our next guest and talk about Pennsylvania's educational reforms, what's going on here. And we want to welcome in the author of a new investigative report. This is Nathan uh, Benefield, who's joining us now. Nate, thanks so much for being here today. What can you tell us as far as what's going on with educational reforms? Yeah, well, uh, we at the Commonwealth Nation, we commissioned a, a poll on basically attitudes uh towards education and, and, other, and other issues, but really focusing on uh, education reform and some of the bipartisan uh, support and opportunities uh, there. Because, as I mentioned, there's a lot of parent angst about test scores, uh, learning loss due to COVID, uh, even uh, you know, violence and, and safety in, in schools, uh, and found that there, has, there is, uh, despite a lot of the rancor that is going around across school boards uh, in, in state capitals, um, bipartisan support for expanding educational choice programs, uh, for allowing uh, parents to choose the best school for their kids, uh, and even uh, you know, bipartisan agreement about the, the quality of education and, and that parents want uh, want more choices for their kids. And you know, your your real clear investigative report that you're looking at—that's the headline. That it's bipartisan, which is a good thing that lawmakers can agree on something. But you know, when we think about what's needed here, even more is needed as as we look at curriculum, and then we have at the school board level, we have all these upcoming elections and many saying part of the problem is that there are all of these disruptions and disagreements over parental rights as well. So do you see those kinds of issues being included in some of these educational reforms and parental rights? Yeah, I, I think the issue of, you know, part of the reason why there has been such controversy and, and fights over the school board level and, and even you see that sometimes in the state curriculum uh, is because it is a one-size-fits-all and, and basically a monopolistic system and really a lot of those school boards have been controlled by the teachers union and that's who's been driving a lot of these policies at the local level uh, and we see when we did this, this polling uh, that overwhelmingly um, voters support giving parents more more rights and more control and we saw um, 77 support percent support for expanding the current educational choice programs in Pennsylvania uh, we know there's a need there. Uh, there's waiting lists for, for that. Um, 
we saw that um, shockingly, uh, when parents were asked, where would you choose best, you know, what school would you choose for their kids? Only 21% said uh, the, the district school, uh, and, and more than half said if costs were no option, they'd choose uh, some sort of private education. Uh, and so you really see that, and, and it's seen that, you know, while I think we have a lot more to do policy-wise, there's public support for it, and the Governor Shapiro, despite being a Democrat, uh, campaigned and saying, indicating support for some of those, those policy changes. So uh, there's an opportunity now to really uh, deliver on those things that parents want to see. Yeah, and, you know, Josh Shapiro, before he became governor, I knew him for many years and covered him at events in Abington, his hometown, uh, just outside Philadelphia. And he went to, he attended some private schools, as his children did as well, faith-based private schools. But I think for a lot of people in the Philadelphia region, it's a little different because we have so many awesome private schools, quite frankly, that are right here to choose from. In other parts of Pennsylvania, in rural areas, for example, you you have to drive. You'd have to drive your kid, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to get them to the nearest private school. So public school or homeschooling might be the, the only option for people. And so I think there's that going on. But so you looked at a lot of different polls, Nate. You looked at the Common Ground poll that was commissioned by the Commonwealth Foundation, what kind of grade are we talking about as far as for the states, public schools, K through 12, you have some grading going on here? Yeah, we asked basically uh, for people to grade the status of, uh, of polling, uh, sorry, the status of public schools, give them a lot of grade as they give students. Um, and two-thirds of voters said that uh, our state system is you're going to see or, or worse in terms of public school quality. Um, and that, um, as you mentioned, we looked at other polls um, Franklin and Marshall uh, did their own poll and asked parents to grade their own local public schools. Uh, and, uh, and again, a majority of those said their own local public school to a C or worse. So there's obviously concern of with yeah. uh, um, voters and parents and what's happening. And not only, you know, there's always a perception of, oh, things are bad in Philadelphia. My school is okay. But yeah. we're seeing now that uh, a lot of parents are looking at their own schools and saying, hey, there's, there's a problem here in the quality and the safety and, and the curriculum. And then the other issue is also based on, you know, scholarship organizations, what they've awarded. You're looking at that as far as, you know, students who want to get some kind of scholarship so that they can have a school choice. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So the, there's a, a scholarship program in Pennsylvania that exists now, the uh, tax credit scholarships where businesses donate to scholarship organizations who provide uh, scholarships for K-12 students. Um, those scholarship organizations uh, are serving about 65,000 students, but uh, report more than 70,000 applications turned away every year and then waitlisted uh, because there aren't enough resources available. Um, usually those are done by lottery so that, you know, your chance of a good education is determined by whether or not you win, win the lottery. And that, uh, that shouldn't be um, expanding those, uh, those scholarship programs would uh, serve a lot more students. Uh, and, and while a lot of those are in, in Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area, um, there's actually uh, scholarship organizations and, and students in every single county in Pennsylvania. So it is uh, something that benefits students across the state. And you talk about the fact, Nate, that in the Common Ground poll, 77% of Pennsylvania voters supported expanding tax credit type scholarship programs. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that that's the you know widespread support for this is this is the program that currently exists in Pennsylvania. Um, Governor Shapiro said he, he supports us, would like to see it expanded, um, which is actually different because Governor Wolf didn't, didn't like this, even though uh, he ended up signing some budgets that expanded this program. Um, but 
more than three quarters of Pennsylvanians would like to see that expanded, um, which is uh, incredible support for, for a program that serves uh, parents and empowers them to, to choose uh, better options for their kids when uh, either either the school isn't very qual- you know good quality, or even you know we know that even in the, in the good public schools they don't necessarily meet the needs of every single uh, every single student. Yeah, I I love your your report because it's so detailed, and we don't hear a lot of agreement, you know, during these div- divisive times in society. But the fact that you're reporting, Nate, that in the common ground poll. 81% of Democrats and 71% of Republicans are supporting these kinds of EITC, the scholarship tax credits that are available. I mean, huge support, whether in, despite anybody's politics, that's a wonder, that's a good thing, is it not? Yeah, I, absolutely. And that's, you know, we see so much uh, divide, you know, because everything in, in politics, everything's, a, you know, uh, zero-sum gain, uh, the Democrats or Republicans. And there has been so much divide uh, in terms of uh, politicians on these issues. Uh, but you look at the voters, there's you know bipartisan support and even more among among Democrats. And in many ways, it is all the Democrat areas where, where there's a greater need for expanding educational choice. Uh, they have some of the, the worst public schools in the, in the state. Um, that those voters support that, I think, really need to send a message to politicians that, hey, you – Public support says you guys need to work together to get uh, get some of these reforms done in, in in our state. And I love some of the other, you know, can, first of all, can you talk about, you explain Lifeline Scholarship Programs and the support for that. Can you explain yeah, what's, so a, is, what's, the, what's a Lifeline Scholarship Program? Yeah, so a Lifeline Scholarship, um, this is very similar to programs that have passed in, in other states where, um, it allows some of the money uh, to follow the child. Uh, goes in an education uh, opportunity account. Uh, they can use for private school tuition, special needs services, um, curriculum, online courses. Basically, any of the educational needs uh, families. Uh, a number of states have passed this. Um, several have passed universal school choice programs just in this this past year. And we see this expanding across the country. Um, the Lifeline scholarship that. Uh, had passed the state house last year. Uh, it was really targeted at the, the lowest performing schools in Pennsylvania. Um, those who were in the bottom 15% performance wise, uh, allowing parents in those schools to have additional options, uh, take uh, about $7,000, uh, would follow the child, uh, to meet the educational needs that, that their parents uh, find best for them. And there was, uh, again, we pulled on, on that, uh, and, and found, uh, 67%, two thirds of Pennsylvanians support, uh, support that new program. Uh, and again, that's something that Governor Shapiro said, uh, he was open to something like that um, uh, in, in, uh, when, when, you know, in office, and he campaigned saying he would support something like that. So that is a, an opportunity and really important for Pennsylvania to keep up with the rest of the nation that has really expanded uh, some of these parental choice programs. In Philadelphia especially, but I know in Pennsylvania charter schools, uh, this is a hot topic for Philadelphia where we see the school board does not like charter schools and it's very obvious in their attempts to, to shut them down or limit them. So you talk about that as well, what 24 states have already done and what you believe Pennsylvania should do. Can you talk about that, Nate? Yeah, so charter schools, you know, they're, they're public schools. Um, where money, you know, proportion of the money follows the child. Um, but they are all, in Pennsylvania, all authorized by school districts. And so in Philadelphia, especially the school board, has resisted adding new charters, even though there's a, a long waiting list for students trying to get into those, those schools. Uh, but they have to apply to the school board, uh, and they see them as, as rivals. It's almost like uh, asking, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A having asked McDonald's if they're allowed to, to build a new restaurant. 
Um, the Collins would always reject that. Um, but that's what the way it is set up in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, other states provide alternatives, um, you know, their state board, uh, universities, uh, to authorize charter schools, uh, hold them accountable, um, but create more options uh, through, through that mechanism. Uh, and again, that's a great need across the state, but especially in, in Philadelphia, where there's uh, tens of thousands of students on, on waiting lists yeah. for charter schools. Yeah, I love the fact that you bring up grading, not just of kids, but of schools. And you have a recommendation you found through through all of your research, what Pennsylvania needs to do to follow the lead of these 16 other states. Yeah, this is, parents are always asking how, you know, how their school is doing. They want to know, um, you know, the current level of transparency is not great. You can go online and look through, you know, different measures of test scores, but not a, a very simple thing. And a lot of states have gone, you know, this report card for every school, um, and, and the best producing basically an A through F. So, you know, how is your school doing? Uh, let's simplify it in terms of performance, and not just, you know, test scores, but graduation rates, um, learning gains, which is one of the most important things. We know that, demo, you know, schools with work, you know, certain demographics are going to score less overall, but how much are the students learning over the course of the year? Uh, and a number of states that have done done that where they're giving those schools, assigning a grade so that parents have more information, more transparency about uh, how their school is doing, which uh, informs their, their choice and, and gives them more, more power. Ultimately, what do you think Pennsylvania, I mean, we used to be known as a leader, especially in homeschooling, school choice, that sort of thing. And our test scores would show that after the shutdowns, and I know in Philadelphia, we had among the strictest shutdowns of our schools in the country. What does Pennsylvania need to do as we try to catch up and help kids and improve the schools? Yeah, you're right. Um, Pennsylvania was at one point a leader in, in charter schools, uh, private schools, uh, homeschooling. Um, we're still, you know, in a lot of measures, we're uh, statewide uh, lagging. But in education choice, we're, we're okay. But a lot of states are moving ahead and providing, you know, universal choice that every single parent can, can choose the best school for their kids, whether that's the local, uh, local public school, a charter school, a private school, uh, homeschooling options, even some of the new things that are coming online, micro schools. Um, learning pods and, and those sorts of things. Uh, so Pennsylvania needs, you know, and I think that's a great opportunity to enact uh, some policies that would allow funding to follow a child, uh, empower parents with with these choices uh, to keep up with states like Florida and, and Arizona uh, that have really gone full bore and really empowered parents with the choice, uh, you know, give them the choice to make, uh, pick the best educational option for their kids. Well, Nate, I thank you so much for your time really breaking down this report. And I should say Nathan Benfield is a, the senior VP of the Commonwealth Foundation, Pennsylvania's free market think tank. So thank you for just really going through some of what you found in this investigative report. Thanks to Real Clear Pennsylvania. Thanks, Nate. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you can go to realclearpennsylvania.com and you can find Nate's, it's under his formal name, Nathan Benefield, but it's a great article and he goes through and you can click on, you can look at the polls for yourself to look at the fact that 47% of Pennsylvania voters feel that the quality of our education is declining. And I'm kind of amazed, I'll be honest, that in Philadelphia, 54% rate our public schools as poor or very poor. I'm amazed that that number is not higher. 54%, 54%, I would have thought it was more like, you know, 99% because we've suffered here for sure. But realclearpennsylvania.com is where you find 
Nate's great article entitled Bipartisan Support for Education Reforms. Okay, moving forward, we'll talk about, we'll update that story and the condition of this girl. Her mom is speaking out. You know, she's a middle school aged child, brutally beaten in school. And mom is wants answers right now. And she wants to know if there are criminal charges. So we have that one coming up for you. And then my husband, my better half, as I say, Larry Menti, he'll be up right around the corner at 11. Dawn Show continues right after this. So I do want to update you. I know that I had I had reported this, I don't know, 6 o'clock this morning or maybe it was 9 o'clock. I forget. It's, you know, on this 29th hour of the week, sometimes I just think, oh, man, it's Friday. We get the Friday, uh, I don't know, the Friday butterflies or whatever you want to call it, but this story is so disturbing, honestly, with what this family is going through. This is a middle school age child. And what's amazing to me is that this is not a story that's being headlined, uh, which is unbelievable. But thank goodness for this child's mom who's speaking out and saying that her daughter and and the, the cell phone video, she got a hold of it. It has it, that went viral. But a Philadelphia mom in the Mantua section of the city, she says that her daughter was brutally beaten. I don't know. Do you have an audio? Did you find a report on this, Anthony? I don't know if we have. Again, it's it's a tough story to find. But in fact, um, the, the daughter's name, uh, Sarai Hayward, her mom speaking out, saying this is just unacceptable. She says in the schools, we have this kind of violence going on. And there's a lack of what she says. It's a lack of long-term consequences for kids that carry out this kind of violence. We don't know if it's coordinated because remember, um, I had, you know, had an expert on this talking about the schools and whatnot. And the fact that sometimes they will provoke an attack, then they purposely provoke it and somebody takes a video because they want to be famous or they want it to go viral. So we don't have evidence if there was a social media type motive or, or you know, that sort of thing. But ultimately, the Philadelphia School District has released a statement. They say they've been made aware of a video surfacing involving an incident between students that they say allegedly occurred. I mean, they, they have the video. This They're pummeling this child. It happened at Morton McMichael School. And they said that the behavior depicted in the video is totally unaccepted. So we've now, you know, I've confirmed that this is under investigation, I think, because mom has reported it to police. So Philadelphia police are now involved. They are investigating and they have the video that they can look at. So the victim in this case, what's that? Oh, you do. Okay, we have an audio update. I'll just say this final thing. Philadelphia police investigating the video of these six students beating up the seventh grade girl. The video was posted online. So we hope that there will be some kind of criminal charges labeled. This is assault here. Listen into the latest. My head hit the wall. They were pulling my legs, kicking, stumping. This is video of seventh grader Soraya Hayward assaulted by six students at Morton McMichael School in Mantua. It's now at the center of a police investigation into simple assault by six children, four girls and two boys, all 13 to 14 years old. There were some kids who were just stumping and 
yelling and screaming, and I was just like, this isn't going to stop. The assault left Soraya with a concussion. Her mother is left wondering where the adults were. You can actually see the teacher in the video just standing there. Like she's not doing anything to help at all. Why my daughter is being attacked. Soraya says her school laptop was stolen by a classmate. During that time, inappropriate messages were sent from her account to teachers and other students, which led to a misunderstanding and a beating. It was a lot happening at that moment and I didn't really know what to do. The school district says we've been made aware of a video surfacing involving an incident between students that allegedly occurred at Morton McMichael School. The behavior depicted in the video is totally unacceptable. Soraya's mother says what's unacceptable is the lack of long-term consequences. She was attacked and now she has to stay home and they get to continue to go about their education. That's not fair at all. Yeah, it's just a horrible situation. So she's still recovering from that concussion and the other injuries. And mom says there's no way her daughter's going to go back to the school. So she wants to send her to a private school, charter school, any other school, but not this school after this violent uh, incident. So we'll look, of course, for the latest from Philadelphia police, what charges will be leveled as they look into this. So Larry's now in studio. If you hear a little noise, he's trying to set up his, he brought his own light. (laughs) B-Y-O-L. <laughs> so he's very conscious that we're on camera and that, you know, he's got to look fabulous. So the fabulous looking Larry, he's in studio. Uh, we'll talk about so many issues going on and you'll get to see Larry and his light. <laughs> we'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.